Hi, and welcome to Leadership in Crisis, a podcast for business leaders that want guidance in navigating organizational adversity. Today, we will go through how you as a business leader should strategically act in order to control the narrative of your organizational crisis. This podcast is produced by four master students at the Stockholm School of Economics as part of the course Leading Change. My name is William Swan, and with me today, I have Ebba Gofeng, who you will soon hear from, as well as Annie Hartman and Carolina Ura. You might be asking yourself, what is even a crisis? Well, according to the book Leadership by Northhaus, a crisis could either be a material event that poses a threat to a social unit, for example, your business, or it could simply be a human construction, which often only takes form in the media. As a major crisis unfolds, media is soon to find out what has happened, and a narrative of the event starts to take form. This narrative not only reflects what has occurred, but could also influence how the crisis evolves, and the way meaning is attributed to the event. A media narrative is created using frames. Frames are ways in which certain actors, events, and issues are specifically emphasized in order to reflect a certain take on the situation. How a crisis is framed affects how we come to consume it, and thus how we subsequently understand it. Media has an agenda-setting function in our society, where it acts as the bridge between various world events and the pictures of these events in our minds. These pictures then come to affect our opinions and eventually our behavior. The agenda setting can be divided into two principal dimensions. First, the amount of focus on certain events. And second, the way in which these events are described. If your organization is facing a crisis-like situation, it is vital to act in a way that can generate a more beneficial media narrative. In this episode, we will guide you through seven steps that you as a business leader could take to gain better control of your crisis. Step one, prepare. The first crucial step to deal with a crisis is preparing for it. A crisis is a natural part of today's business landscape and continuously affects our business activities on a daily basis. Therefore, you as a company should prepare how to face different crises and plan how to communicate with stakeholders. An important guideline when you prepare is ensuring that the right information can be provided to the right people at the right time. This is a difficult process and it requires a lot of time and effort. When preparing, you as a business leader should focus upon the four following areas. First, consider a variety of critical scenarios. This includes evaluating different types of risks that could have an impact on the organization. For example, natural disasters or technical breakdowns. You should also define the level of impact of the risks and consider worst-case scenarios. You can also compare different types of crises, for example internal and external, that could occur if the risks are materialized. Second, communication governance. It includes establishing clear roles and responsibilities in advance, as well as plans for when and how to react. You should develop key messages that you direct the information for the proper audience. It is strongly suggested to prepare templates with guidelines. You should also anticipate how to integrate different types of communication channels. Third, practice. Leaders are not born, they are made. 
and some tools can be taught to the managers for them to be able to better face the crisis. Train managers by stimulation of scenarios. And lastly, leaders should continuously update the communications crisis plan in line with the industry and environment development. Step 2. Diagnosing the crisis. In order for you as a business leader to act strategically during a crisis, it's important that you understand and label the crisis early and correctly. To internally recognize the crisis early on is key to prevent the crisis from developing further and to get a head start in building the potential crisis narrative. According to Dr. Mikael Sandström, a crisis can be defined either as a media crisis or a material crisis. A media crisis has only a small or no impact on the physical world. This crisis takes place solely in media. Here it would be important to provide accurate information and to make sure that you as a company is ahead of the media in answering questions and uncovering information. Thereby you're not allowing the media to speculate and build unjustified narratives. A material crisis, on the other hand, affects the operations of your business and potentially your customers. These events require operational action from business leaders. Let's take the 2015 Volkswagen emission scandal as an example. If the Volkswagen management would have quickly labeled their crisis as material, as well as recognized it internally, they could have acted swiftly, taking appropriate action and trying to avoid such a negative media narrative. In this case, the situation was instead the opposite, with the media in the forefront and Volkswagen reacting to the uncovering. Step 3. Take initiative. This step is about taking initiative and responsibility for the crisis. An important part of this is being responsive, proactive and to communicate quickly. As a leader in a crisis, you need to make sure that you are the first to communicate. In the beginning of the crisis, there is usually a lack of information, also for actors involved. It is still very important to take the initiative and communicate the small amount of information that you have. Also, as the crisis develops, you need to stay on top of the information flow and keep the communication initiative. If you want to take control of the narrative of the crisis, you have to get ahead of the news and make sure to be the key source of information. Taking initiative is therefore key in these situations. As a business leader, you can learn from the example of Johnson & Johnson's Tylenol scare in 1982. Although the company had no official crisis communication team or plan, they had proactive managers who understood the critical nature of the situation and knew that they had to act, act quickly. They recognized that in a crisis, regardless of its proportions, the window for opportunity to gain public support is a narrow one, so they set up a crisis team in only a few hours, took immediate actions and informed the media. In this case, the crisis team quickly decided that the company's long-term reputation was more important than any immediate fiscal impact. Step 4. Clear communication. In a crisis, it's crucial to communicate in a way that the receiver understands. You need to be concrete and stick to the subject, explaining the problems that you've diagnosed in step 2 and the actions that you will take. It's important to use a language that's clear and easy to understand. Often in a crisis, there can be lots of underlying causes and complicated details related to the situation. However, these might not be relevant to communicate 
and the leader has an important role to screen out what's most important and communicate understandably. An example that you can learn from when it comes to clarity in communication is the one of Alberto Gonzalez, a former United States Attorney General, who in 2007 mass-fired eight U.S. attorneys for reasons that many believe to be politically motivated. In his response to the scandal, Gonzalez participated in interviews where he proved to be poorly equipped to communicate in a clear, confident, and candid fashion. Instead, he stumbled and fumbled and tried to play games with words. His lack of clarity in handling the situation caused frustration and his own allies turned against him. Gonzalez publicly announced his resignation from office later the same year. Step 5. Be real. During crisis, there are often a lot of emotions involved. People can be worried, angry, confused or devastated. When it comes to public speaking, it is important to know the audience and understand what they are concerned about. In order to handle such a situation in the best possible way, it is of great importance to respond to facts with facts and to emotions with emotions. You as a business leader should recognize that you're deeply saddened about what went down and will work on making things better. It is important to show empathy and be charismatic as well as being honest. There is no harm in saying we don't know what will happen at the moment and not having all the answers. To be honest and transparent could actually improve the situation, proving that we are all going through this crisis together. When it comes to honesty, there is however a fine line. You can't tell everyone everything, and as a leader you should avoid being too transparent if you risk causing panic, and of course also be careful not to leak confidential information. A study examining the speeches made by President Bush after the 9-11 crisis shows that the rhetoric of his communication with the American public became closely linked to charismatic leadership. This link led the media portrayal of the president to include more charismatic language. The changes in his rhetoric and in the media led to a more favorable public opinion regarding the president's leadership. Theory suggests that in crisis situations, when old values and rituals are declined and there are growing fears and anxieties, people are hungry for charisma and seek this in their leaders. Step 6. Reframe the crisis in a positive light. Even though crises can be critical to an organization, they can also sometimes provide positive outcomes. This step should be handled with extreme precaution as there is not an immediate win in trying to make use of a crisis or failure. If it's even possible will depend on primarily the way that the crisis was managed in the first place and secondarily the honesty of the communications and actions taken. An example that could be useful for you as a business leader is one of a pharmaceutical company experiencing a crisis concerning the packaging of one of its products. Some of their products turned out to be maliciously violated, sending hundreds of customers who consumed the drug to the hospital with side effects. The company reacted quickly, communicating the issue and taking responsibility, by removing thousands of products off the shelves. They quickly managed to improve the packaging by adding extra security and quality seals, not only to the affected products, but also to other products. The company advertised this weekly, but still the response from consumers was phenomenal. 
Not only did current customers forgive the company for their mistakes, but the firm also managed to expand their market share as the new packaging became the preferred market standard amongst its customers. And lastly, step seven, learn from your mistakes. Every crisis is unique, which makes them difficult to handle and require a leader to improvise, discover and experiment. It is therefore crucial to have the capacity and willingness to learn. Business leaders should learn both during and after a crisis, asking themselves what works as well as what worked. Showing that the organization wants to learn also have a high symbolic value, demonstrating that they seek to improve from their failure. Not only can an organization learn during a crisis in order to improve for the future, leaders can also reflect upon previous experiences and take use of similar situations from the past to guide them in how to deal with their current situation. As mentioned by Dr. Sandström, it can be a great asset to have some of the old guys left in the organization since their experience from prior crises can turn out to be extremely useful. An illustration of learning from the past that you as a business leader can learn from is the example from the terrible tsunami in 2004. People on one of the affected islands had been told for generations that when the water sinks, run to the hills. Their ancestors had experienced a similar crisis before and could pass on their experience for future generations. The people on that particular island were therefore able to act based on how the crisis had been handled before. Learning from the past essentially saved them in the crisis. In this way, the last step also connects back to step number one. Because if you learn from your mistakes, you'll be at least a little more prepared when the next crisis arrives. In the beginning of this episode, we tried to define what is even a crisis. And if the situation is handled correctly and all seven steps are followed, would it even still be a crisis? Well, it's a matter of definition and could definitely be further discussed. We would like to thank you for listening to this episode and hope that you're now better prepared to take charge of your organizational crisis. Before we say goodbye for today, I would like to do a short summary of the seven steps. Step one, prepare. Step two, diagnose the crisis. Step three, take initiative. Step four, clear communication. Step five, be real. Step six, reframe the crisis in a positive light. And step seven, learn from your mistakes. These steps are very handy and useful, but of course they will not alone solve the crisis. It is in the nature of crisis that they are all different and characterized by uncertainty. This will of course affect the way they can and should be handled. Taking charge of the narrative requires that you are proactive. Many of the steps therefore connect back to step number one, which is being prepared and having a plan for what to do when a crisis unfolds. The crisis itself might change as it unfolds. Therefore, setting a diagnosis has to be done with caution and it has to be continuously re-evaluated in case the crisis goes from a material one into a media crisis or the opposite. Moreover, some of the steps in our list might appear a bit contradictory. For instance, being real while still aspiring to reframe the crisis into a more positive narrative does not always fully go together. There is evidentially a fine line there and the reframing has to be aligned with what could be accepted by the general public as the truth. Also, as all crises are different, it is important to, in the diagnosis, identify what is most important. 
Sometimes honesty can be crucial in a crisis, and then that step has to be prioritized, while in other situations, reframing is the most important. In this way, you as a leader have to be smart and balance the step according to the nature of the situation.